Welcome, wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host, Brandy, and on this show, we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show, we're going to be covering AEW Blood and Guts from 5-5 and Impact World Wrestling from 5-6. So let's get this show on the road, shall we? Okay, guys, Blood and Guts, AEW from 5-5. Blood and Guts is a bit, it's kind of like a mini pay-per-view for AEW, and it gets to start on AEW Dynamite on TNT. For those of you who have not seen AEW Dynamite, I would say, preface this again, please go check it out. This is classic wrestling. It is classic. I mean, there are some really good competitors on this show. And TNT have done a great job at presenting this, you know, this brand and showing everybody what AEW has to offer. So, let's jump right in. First, Don Cowles. Don Cowles, what can I say? I cannot say this or preface this enough about Don Callis. I have said this, the invisible hand, till I'm blue in the face. Don Cowles is a coattailing riding on Kenny's fame from the beginning. I've said this. I have prefaced this so many times. I can't preface it enough. Kenny Omega does not need Don Callis. I have said this. I'm going to say it again. He does not need Don Callis. Young Bucks don't need Don Callis. Good Brothers don't need Don Callis. I don't understand why Don keeps sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. But of course, Don doing what Don does. He did it again. He stuck his nose where it doesn't belong. And he decided, okay, we're going to have Nakazawa and Kenny Omega team up together against John Boxley and Eddie Kingston. Well, Don Callis decides he comes out and doesn't like that idea. Doesn't like the idea that Tony Khan has put together. Doesn't think it's such a great idea. Thinks that, oh, I need to backpedal because I've royally screwed up. I've overstepped my bounds. I don't think this is such a good idea to be putting my champ, champ of all champs, in a match against, you know, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Uh-uh. I'm going to throw Nakazawa under the bus. So basically, he tells Eddie Kingston and, uh, John Moxley, guess what? There's not going to be any Kenny Omega tonight. It's going to be you and Nakazawa. Come on, Don. We're not stupid. Where is Kenny? We know damn well you are not going to put Nakazawa in a position like that without Kenny Omega. Michael Nakazawa's not stupid. He's not dumb. You're not going to put him against John Moxley, who is on a tirade right now, and Eddie Kingston, who is just downright brutal, against Michael Nakazawa without help. Guess what? Well, Kenny comes out right as the match starts. Who did not see Kenny Omega coming out? Don, we ain't stupid. We can read between the lines. This was a setup to try to make Moxley and Kingston think, ha ha ha, Kenny's not going to be here tonight. We're not dumb. Kenny's not dumb. Don, the writing was on the wall. Kenny was going to show up. It was going to happen. It was inevitable. Let it go. Well, the match was great. It was fantastic. A fantastic tag team match. Eddie Kingston, John Moxley, great team. They are a great team. I love their dynamic. I love everything about them. I'm telling you guys, if you've not seen, and I'm going to say it again, if you have not seen AEW, go watch it. 
It is incredible. It is fantastic. It is amazing. This match was great. Fantastic. Of course, I got my happy surprise. Moxley and Kingston defeated Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa. Yay! I'm so proud of you boys. Way to go. Revenge is sweet. It's so sweet. But unfortunately, here comes the good brothers. Here comes the Bucks. What am I going to say about Matt Jackson? I don't know what the heck he was wearing when he came out to attack Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, but I swear he looked like he had just walked off a Hawaiian movie set. Literally. He's beating him, beating them with his shoe. His shoe. What the heck, Matt Jackson? What has happened to my young bucks? What is wrong with them? I'll tell you what's wrong with them. The invisible hand, Don Callis. He has turned my bucks into something uh, something like they've walked off GQ magazine or models. I, they're not the bucks. They're not themselves. I don't know what is wrong, but I'm telling you guys, I'm going to preface this, Don Callis. Get, go away. Just just go away. Go, shoo, get, go back to Impact where you belong. Leave Kenny and the bucks alone. Leave the good brothers alone. You are just destroying a great, you know, destroying the elite. You are <laughs> ruining them so bad. Kenny doesn't need you. Kenny does not need you. Kenny Omega is good without you. I don't know what you're thinking, but okay, whatever you're thinking. But of course they attacked him. I was not expelled. Yeah, I was kind of expecting somebody to come out and help him, but that didn't happen. Kenny, of course, Kenny being Kenny, shine like he shines like a penny and, you know, looks so good and just, you know, it. Bad ending. Bad, bad ending. But an ending we expected coming from Hill Elite. A, an ending we expected. It, it, it was inevitable. Of course, it's announced that Kenny Omega. Tonight is going to find out his opponent for double or nothing. That's going to challenge him for his AEW World Heavyweight title. I'm excited. I'm excited to find out exactly who is going to face Kenny. Who is Kenny finally going to have to go head to head with to prove that he's the best of the best? Are we really going to see Kenny the way we know Kenny? For those of you who have not seen Kenny Omega, I'm telling you, go look him up on social media. You will find that Kenny Omega is what I say he is, the best of the best. He's good at what he does. I love Kenny Omega. I'm not going to deny it and say that I don't, because I do. But I'm going to preface that I don't like Don Callis' Kenny Omega. I don't. I don't like anything about it. No offense to Kenny. Kenny, if you're listening, no offense to you. You're good, but you don't need Don. You can do this on your own. You don't need Don for this. He's ruining your elite. He's ruining, you know, your championship reign. He's ruining everything. But I'm excited to see who his challenger is going to be for Double or Nothing. For those of you who have not seen AEW, Double or Nothing is their big pay-per-view. It's coming up on May 30th. It will be on BR Live, and it will be on Fight TV. Go check it. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. These pay-per-views by AEW are some of the best pay-per-views I've seen in a long time. They're fantastic. Go check them out. I'm serious. You won't be disappointed. But I'm interested to see who 
whose challenge is going to be? I really am. I'm interested to see who Kenny's really going to have to go head to head with. But of course, it's going to be announced later in the night. Next match, of course, is QT Marshall versus Cody Rhodes. This was boiling over. This had boiled over to its breaking point. QT has been running around with his little group, the factory, and basically just running his mouth where it don't belong, putting th- doing things that he shouldn't be doing, stealing stuff from the Nightmare family, namely the tour bus last week, you know, claiming that he's entitled to this and he's entitled to that and he's done this and he's done that. QT, I'm going to tell you one more time. You are entitled to nothing. Not a thing. You have been given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to prove what you could do. You were a coach, a top coach in the Nightmare family at the Nightmare factory. Very few people get that honor. You were tag teamed with Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes, Cody's brother, and had ample opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to win the tag belts and failed. Dustin didn't fail. You failed. Then you end up getting sucked in by the bunny into believing that Allie really liked you and you screwed that up. Costing, uh, causing a lot of trouble between you and the butcher and the blade and the bunny. You caused a lot of issues with Brandy Rhodes. Come on, QT Marshall. You should know by now you don't deserve anything. Nothing is deserving. It's not handed to you on a golden platter. You earn your opportunities. You don't deserve a dang thing. You say you've not been given anything. I'm going to say it one more time. And I'm going to preface it one more time, QT. Diamond Dallas Page gave you I mean, handed to you on a silver platter. His finishing move, the diamond cutter. Because he believed you deserved it. He believed you earned it. Hello, been given something, QT. Given something very special. Once in a lifetime finishing move from the very, very popular, highly great legend, Diamond Dallas Page. You don't need anything. But this has been boiling over. He has been picking at the Nightmare family and picking and picking and picking and picking. Cody had had enough. So last week, Cody made it perfectly clear. You are mine. You and I are going to go one-on-one, and I'm going to prove to you that you don't deserve what you think you deserve. I'm going to prove to you that you are not what you think you are. You're not good. You're not as good as you think you are. This match was great. This match was fantastic. I mean, of course, <laughs> of course you wouldn't expect Arn Anderson to get involved in the match. He got himself thrown out, but he got a good couple of good sucker punches on QT. I liked it. Shout out, props to Arn. Great job. There was a lot. I mean, it was good. I was expecting Anthony Agogo and Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo to show up at some point. They didn't. Props. Thank you, Factory, for not coming out and helping QT let QT show Proved that he is where he says he is. Proving that he's one of the top wrestlers. He gave gave Cody a run for his money. I expected Dustin to come out. That didn't happen either. Impressive. This was an impressive match. Of course, Cody, like I said, like I have prevented many times, 
so many times I'm blue in, I'm blue in the face. Beat QT Marshall. Told you, QT. You're not where you think you are. You're not up there yet, boy. You're not at that level. Not yet. You were. But then you fell from grace. You're going to need a lot more work if you think you can beat Cody and his family. What happens? Anthony Agogo comes out. Wow. Cody's celebrating his win. A very well-deserved win. A very hard-fought win. Sucker punches Cody and then takes a little British flag and throws it over him like he's burying Cody. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Agogo. What can I say other than brainwashed? You're good. You are fantastic. Fantastic! If you guys have not seen Anthony Agogo, please go watch him. He is fantastic. He's, a, he's an incredible boxer. He's an incredible wrestler. But you're barking up the wrong tree and you're about to get knocked down on your behind very badly. It's not looking good for Anthony Agogo. It's not looking good for QT Marshall. It's definitely not looking good for Nick Camarado or Aaron Solo. Where do I see this going? I see this going horribly awry. I see this turning into a very nasty feud that's going to end very badly for QT. I see it coming. It's coming. It's just a matter of time. Now moving on. This particular incident upset me in the worst way. And it might have not offended any of you guys who are wrestling fans. And if it didn't, give me a shout out. I love to hear your opinion on this. I would love to hear what you guys think about this. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. We saw what they did last week involving Sting. They they literally tried to break his ankle because they're jealous over Darby Allen. They're jealous over what Darby has accomplished. Guys, Darby Allen has accomplished a lot in his in his career. To be able to get to work with Sting is a dream come true for Darby Allen. It's a dream come true for any wrestler to get to work with a legend like Sting. It's huge. It's, it's, it's beyond huge. Darby has earned his right to call himself TNT champion. He has earned it. Flawlessly earned it. Defended that title every night. Every single night since he got it. You know, his match against Preston 10 last week of the Dark Order. Fantastic. Huge shout out. Huge shout out. Huge respect to Darby Allen. I mean, huge respect. He, you know, he gave respect to Dark Order. He gave a tribute to Brody Lee. It it's it's Darby. He's fantastic. If you've not seen Darby Allen, please go look him up on social media. You will see what I mean. This, this he's a fantastic performer. But Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are so jealous they can't stand it. What do they do? Run their mouth. Scorpio Sky talking about how he faced Darby a long time ago and how, you know, the face paint's not really what it is. It's where he put a little indention in Darby's face and and the plates in his elbow is from him and yada, 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 yada. Ethan Page, shut up, sit down, be quiet. Your name represents you truly. The ego. Your ego is so big. It could take up five freaking arenas because you think you're just that dang good. You've not proven to me you're good in any way. You've not proven to me that you are even at Darby Allen's level. Right in your mouth. Talking about how you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Ethan Page, sit down, shut up. Scorpio Sky has proven 
time and time and time and time again, he is good. He doesn't need you running at the mouth. Shut up! Well, their talking finally pushes to the boiler breaking point, and Darby Allen attacks both Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Now, they're up in the, for those of you who didn't see this, they are up in the area where the, the stands where the fans normally sit at Daly's place. They are way up high. They're not down in the ring. They're not down by the ring. They are up where the audience sits, up, you know, by the steps, up on the ramp. They're up high. And they're fighting from a you know, high level near Susetta Stairs. It's, you know, it turns ugly. <laughs> Darby Allen is beating the daylights out of both Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And they had it coming. Oh, they had it coming. It's a back and forth battle between them. The problem I had is what happened afterwards. And I'm going to tell you what happened. And then I'm going to tell you what I think. This is my opinion. I told you guys, Darby Allen is a fantastic TNT champion. He has defended it time and time and time and time again. Ethan Page's over-jealousy of Darby being champion and him not getting a shot at it or not even getting an opportunity at it went too far. It took a step too far. He grabs Darby. Standing right by the steps. Now, guys, these are some high stairs. These are not just little bitty steps in your house. These steps go from level to level to level. They go down each level where someone sits. They go from each level of Daly's place because it's stacked like an arena. These steps are concrete steps. No protection, no nothing. There is nothing to protect you from falling down these stairs. There is no protection whatsoever, nothing to stop you. All it is is a handrail and concrete steps. Ethan Page takes Darby Allen, tells him basically, you don't deserve a dang thing, and throws Darby down these steps. Darby doesn't go down one set of stairs. He goes down two. Two levels to the bottom of the stairs. Darby hits, basically takes his arm and tucks it underneath his right arm to protect himself, basically trying to catch his fall and break it, and rolls down. He rolls to the bottom. He hits the handrail. He hits the pole. He, I mean, he chunks him like he's trash being thrown into a trash can. Chunks him. I mean, throws him. Darby rolls. When he gets to the bottom, it's brutally obvious Darby is hurt. It is bad. He is bad hurt. Medical team gets there as fast as they can. The whole time, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are standing up there laughing. Come on, guys. Don't laugh at someone else's injuries. Don't laugh at someone else being hurt. You could have you could have broke his neck. There's no telling what you could have done because the way that Darby fell was not... I mean, there's storylines. We all know, any wrestling fan knows, there's storylines. Everything has a storyline. Injuries can be key fab. This was not something key found. I mean, Darby couldn't even move his arm. Darby was screaming in pain. This was not something that was key fab, guys. Darby really got hurt because he tucked his arm underneath to protect him from falling. He was not expecting to. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was expected to go down one set. But he went down two. Hit the guardrail going down the stairs to hit to the bottom. Medical team gets there as fast as they can to check Darby. Darby can't even move it. He's got it tucked in. I mean, he can't even wiggle his fingers. They try to get him to wiggle his fingers. He can't even wiggle his fingers. He can't move it at all. Darby has no mobility in that arm whatsoever. There are tears coming down Darby's face. Darby is in serious pain. The whole time Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are up there laughing about it. I don't think Scorpio Sky and, Dar and 
Ethan Page realized the severity of how bad Darby is injured. I don't think that they got that. What do I think that AEW's Tony Khan needs to do? Suspend and fine Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Not technically Scorpio Sky because Scorpio Sky did not chunk him down those stairs. Ethan Page did. You endangered another wrestler, a fellow person in your company because of over jealousy. Get over it, Ethan. You have royally fucked up. You seriously need to be fined for what you did. In my opinion, I wouldn't just fine you. I would suspend you indefinitely. And I wouldn't be like they are in some promotions and let you come back. No, it's indefinite. It's indefinite. You ain't coming back. Until I see fit, you're not coming back. I don't know where TK is going to go with this, but Darby is not looking good. Because Darby right now is a current TNT champion, and it's not looking good for Darby. It's not. It's just not. It's an injury to an arm. You don't know where it's going to go. You don't know what's going to happen. And this could be really bad. Darby could have to forfeit his title. And that to me is heartbreaking. Because Darby has earned this title. He has earned the right to call himself TNT champion. And nobody in the back would dispute that. And for him to lose his, possibly lose his title this way. In this manner bugs me just a little bit. It bugs me just a teensy bit. And you fans out there may agree or may disagree. If you do, you know, you know what to do. Shout out and tell me what you think. But it bugs me just a little bit. Just a little bit. Britt Baker. Britt Baker. Let's talk about Britt Baker. I absolutely love Dr. Britt Baker. DMD. Love her. Love her. Can't preface that enough. I love her. She is to face in a match against Juliet Hart. Now, Juliet Hart, it's a rumor. We know she's from Calgary. We know that. And I'm going to preface this enough that this is a rumor. It is believed that she might be part of the Hart Foundation. It's a rumor. I'm not sure if that's right or if it's wrong. But JR does say she is from Calgary. And we all know that the Hart Foundation, all of them, including Natalia, are from Calgary. It's a rumor. I'm hoping that it comes to fruition that she is part of the, you know, the the Heart Foundation, that she's related to Natalia in some way. That would be fantastic. But like I said, rumor, rumor. Britt Baker, of course, does win that match. Britt is the number one contender. She is the number one contender, and it is announced that at Double or Nothing, she on May 30th, she will face Akara Shida for the AEW Women's Title. This is going to be a classic match. This is going to be a heck of a fight. Because Sheeta's not going to back down. And we all know Britt's not going to back down. So it's going to be an interesting fight. And I'm ex- excited to see it at Double or Nothing. And I'm hoping Sheeta retains. And then there's that other part of me inside that's like, oh, let Britt get it. Because I bet Britt would be a great champion. It's going to be an interesting fight. It's going to be really, really, really interesting to see. I'm really excited about it. Of course, the next, we have the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match. This is to determine who's going to be the number one contender for the Young Bucks title and who will face the Young Bucks next week on AEW Dynamite for those titles. It consists of the Varsity, you know, the Varsity Blondes, Nice Boys, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus from Jurassic Express, great tag team, SCU, Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, great tag team. The Acclaim, 
Oh, gotta love the acclaim. If you guys have not seen the acclaim, you need to go check them out. They are they are fantastic. They I love them. I am just on board with this team. I wasn't at first. I was skeptical, but now they've kind of grown on me, and I like them. Varsity Blondes, they're a great tag team. I mean, they've performed in AEW Dark. They've performed, you know, in AEW. You know, they've done a lot of good. And they're really a great tag team. I like them. Yeah, I really do. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Love you guys. Love you. I love them. Marco Stunt, Jurassic Express. Love them. Love them, love them, love them. SCU. Frankie Kazarian, Christopher Daniels. Oh, best tag team. They are so good. In any promotion they've ever been in, they, they're good. This match was great. This match was a really, really good because in a, in a four-way tag team, you don't have to tag your partner to be in a match. I mean, you could come up and tag, you know, a claim could go up and tag, you know, tag anybody and put themselves in. It doesn't matter who's in. It's, you know, it's one tag team member. Your other tag team member could be on the outside and the tag team still win. It's a great, great match. It's a great, great setup. Of course, we all know, and some of you don't, if you're not watching AEW, I'm going to get you up to speed. SCU has this deal. Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels have this deal that they're going to work together as a tag team. The first time they lose as a tag team will be the last time they tag together. Ever. So, the stakes were high for SCU. SCU is the number one contender. Then you've got number two contenders of Varsity Blondes. Then you've got number three contenders, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And then number four contenders in the ranking system, the Acclaim. Four of the top tag teams in one match together according to the ranking system like i told you guys classic match fantastic match of course it ended i'm happy that it ended this way with scu winning the match which puts scu number one contenders in the crosshairs of the bucks we're going to get to see a classic match between the bucks and scu a match that takes us all the way back to ring of honor and new japan i'm excited to see this match i'm really ecstatic and the fact that, one, the titles are on the line. Ooh. Second, if SCU loses, we lose the tag team. I would love to see Frankie Kazarian win those tag belts again. And to top it all off, get to win it with Christopher Daniels, that's a big deal. For those of you who don't know, Frankie Kazarian has already been tag team champions. They were the first tag team champions. He was champion with Scorpio Sky of SCU. So I'm interested to see him become a two-time champion with Christopher Daniels. I'm excited to see this. Could we see this? Could this really happen before Double or Nothing? Could the Bucks lose their titles at before Double or Nothing and have to face SCU again at Double or Nothing to get the titles back? I'm interested to see where this is going to go. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the Bucks. Of course, next. I've talked about the Forbidden Door. For those of you, again, who don't know what the Forbidden Door is, it's an invisible door. It's the door that basically is keeps other promotions from crossing over into another one. It is basically forbidden. There's an ongoing joke that Tony Khan, a.k.a. TK of AEW, is the Forbidden Door. He's kicked it open. I mean, majorly kicked it open. We have seen people from New Japan, people from Impact, Good Brothers, Come from Impact over to a over to AEW. We've seen Kenny Omega cross over into Impact to win the Impact title from AEW. 
we've seen Kente come from New Japan and face John Moxley. On Impact, we get to see El Fantasma from New Japan and the Bullet Club come over to Impact. We get to see, you know, VSK. It's a crossover between them. Basically, it's a free-for-all between AEW, Impact, New Japan, and now it's been rumored ROH. Interesting little setup. You know, you've got these four, you know, these four divisions at the top of their game crossing over. It's an interesting little setup, and you know, kudos to TK for getting that ball rolling and getting, you know, it gives other promotions a chance to shine, bring their people over. We wrestling fans get to see dream matches we may never get to see had that door not been kicked open. There are dream matches we would love to see. There's one I would love to see personally, and some of you, I'm kind of hoping that we might get to see this match somewhere down the line, and they're kind of hinting to it, so I'm looking to see if this is going to happen. And I'm talking about Kenny Omega and Switchblade Jay White from New Japan. Could we see this match? Could This this would be an interesting matchup. There's another match that everybody's talking about that they would love to see. You know, we've only seen it in New Japan, and we would love to see it come over here, maybe. I'm talking about Kenny Omega and the Rainmaker Okada. Could we see that match? You know, there's a lot of matches, dream matches, that we could see with these these platforms working together as a group. It's going to be interesting to see, and it kind of gives us the matches we want to see. Now about the Forbidden Door. We've seen John Moxley fight against Kenta on AEW. We get to see another Forbidden Door first. Another Forbidden Door interesting match. Of course, we all know John Moxley is the W, uh, the IWGP United States Champion. For those of you who don't know what IWGP is, that's New Japan title. It's a title that is held in New Japan. John Moxley now hold, has been holding that title for quite some time. He's, you know, he's had it. There's a lot of people in AEW right now that are holding New Japan titles. There are some that are holding Impact titles. You know, it's it's a big, you know, big thing. You know, there's some that's holding NWA titles. It's a big thing. John Moxley gets to defend his title next week. The Forbidden Door is opening up again. It's opening up one more time. And it's going to give us a really good match with Moxley. And I'm kind of excited to see him defend his, you know, his IWGP championship on AEW. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be one I'm telling you you're going to want to watch because you've got New Japan versus AEW. It's going to be an interesting match. I mean, New Japan, if you've not seen it, it's amazing to watch. It's incredible to watch. It's nothing like over here. It is It's on a totally different grand scale. It's a totally different thing. If you have not seen it, Go watch New Japan, and you will be surprised at how much difference it is compared to AEW, you know, WWE, Impact, ROH. You're going to see a difference. You're going to see a major difference. So it's exciting to get when you get that forbidden door kicked open, and you get somebody from New Japan come over, and you get to see New Japan on this kind of a scale. You get to see what it's like. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting match. I'm excited about it. Okay, Miro. Miro comes out. Miro seems to think that he is all that at a barrel of chips. I love Miro. I would not deny that I don't. I love Miro. I think he's a great competitor. I think he's a great wrestler. I I love him to death. 
Uh, the whole thing with Kip Sabian, not too big of a fan on, but I see where Kip was coming, bringing Miro to AEW. I, I, I like it. I'm not a big fan of it. I'm kind of glad that, that that whole thing, I'm hoping that whole thing is over and that Miro can move on and show what he can do in AEW and him get opportunities that Miro deserves because believe me, he, he, he's broke the glass ceiling. He's ready to, you know, prove what he can do. He comes out and says he has a contract in his hand for a time. And he told everybody that as long as he was here, he was going after titles. Nobody's title was safe. With that being said, he says that he has a contract and he shows it to Tony Schiavone saying that he has a title match for the TNT Championship against Darby Allen next week. I'm trying to figure out exactly how that's going to work because we all saw earlier in the night Darby get thrown down two sets of stairs. Darby's hurt. It's brutally obvious he's hurt. Miro does not want to win that match because, of course, Tony Schiavone told him you can win that match by forfeit. Miro doesn't want to win that match by forfeit. Miro wants to face Darby. If Darby is not medically cleared to fight and Darby has to forfeit the title, how exactly is Miro thinking he's going to win that title? My gears are turning. Could Darby actually come out and fight and win that match with one arm? Or could we see Darby forfeit the title next Wednesday night and we have a huge tournament to determine who's going to be the new TNT champion? Could we see that? If that's the case, could we possibly see the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer finally get that title? Is it possible? Could Miro win the whole thing? I don't know where Tony Khan is going with this, but I'm interested to see if Darby can compete. But from the way it looked earlier that night, I don't see Darby competing at all. I don't even see him being able to be medically cleared to fight. But who knows? We don't exactly know what's going to happen. Of course, I told you guys earlier that it was going to be announced who Kenny Omega's next opponent would be on May 30th at Double or Nothing. Well, Kenny comes out. The cage is down because, of course, this is blood and guts. This is this big match I was telling you guys about for the past couple of weeks. The cage is down. Kenny's talking to Tony Schiavone, and Tony Schiavone's about to tell him who his opponent's going to be. Kenny basically saying that he's better than anybody that, you know, AEW could throw at him. Kenny, you are. You're, you're a great wrestler. I will not deny that. There are some out there that would agree that there are wrestlers that could probably take you. I'm seriously considering Jay White being one of them. But what do I know? Uh, but he basically is told that next week on Dynamite there will be a match to determine the number one contender for his title at Double or Nothing. And the two wrestlers that are in that match are going to be Pack, the Bastard Pack, and freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Kenny O basically overlooks the entire thing with Cassidy. Doesn't want anything to do, doesn't really care about freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. His main focal point is on the Bastard Pack. Because Pac and him have a feud that went on for a while. And I still don't think that feud is quite over yet. So, he basically tells Tony, you know, tell TK, give me the match with Pac. So that I can defend my title against Pac. 
Tony Schiavone tells him, no, 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 that's not the way this is going to work. It's, you know, a match between Orange Cassidy and Pac to determine who's going to face you. Orange Cassidy comes out while this is going on, mind you. Orange Cassidy is a character. He is a character you guys need to go check out if you've not seen it. He is a character to behold. I love Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy. I like the way they're going with him. I like the fact that they're giving him such a really big push. Kind of pulling him away from the best friends. I like that. But he comes out. Can he still on this pack tirade? Thinking that, you know, he's going to face Pack. That Pack is the only person worthy to face Kenny Omega. Orange Cassidy basically makes it perfectly clear. Pack is not your only problem. I'm your problem too. Without saying a word. Cassidy, for those of you who don't know, rarely talk. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard him say a word. I mean, I, I don't think I have. He normally just stands there and he will give you a look that lets you know, hey, take notice of me or don't. He's had some pretty good feuds. And one of his best feuds was with Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho did lose to freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. So it can prove, and it does prove, that when Orange sets his mind to something, there ain't no backing down with Cassidy. He's going to give you a run for your money. Well, of course, Kenny doesn't believe Orange is even in his league, isn't even in his, you know, in his, he's not even in his review mirror. Takes the glasses off Orange Cassidy and puts them on Michael Nakazawa. Cassidy, you don't mess with his glasses. That's the first thing, the first rule of thumb when it comes to Orange Cassidy. You don't mess with Orange Cassidy's glasses. And Kenny did exactly that. Of course, there was no big feud confrontation fight. Basically, it's Orange's way of saying, don't look past me. Don't look beyond me and think you're going to face Pac. Because Pac's got to get through me before he can get to you. Don't look past me. Don't underestimate me. And I really like this. I like the way they're doing Orange Cassidy because they're showing Orange Cassidy has no fear. He is... Prepared to face whoever he's got to face, regardless of how the odds are stacked against him or how he's going to do. I like this. I like where they're going with this. I was impressed with this. I'm interested to see how this is going to play out next week. Could Kenny get involved in the match and basically put Pac in the match because that's what he wants? I don't know. Could Orange win the whole thing and blow everybody's mind, blow everybody out of the water, and end up being the one to face Kenny? That would be an interesting match. That would be an interesting setup. I mean, we're all about interesting things happening. I mean, we've seen it on WWE. We've seen it on ROH. We've definitely seen it on New Japan. I mean, look at Will Offspring. He's Mr. I've got all the gold. Look at Kenny Omega. He did it in Impact. I mean, come on, guys. Anything can happen in wrestling. And this is one of those prime examples of anything can happen. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. That's my one to watch is Pack versus Cassidy. I'm interested to see where this is going to go. Now we get to the whole point of this AEW. The Blood and Guts match. I told you guys last week and I told you guys the week before. Blood and Guts is a brutal, I mean a brutal match. For those of you who may have not heard my last two podcasts, I'm going to explain Blood and Guts to you one more time. It consists of two rings standing side by side. 
next to each other. Then there is a cage that's dropped over the top of both of them. The cage is completely enclosed. There is a top on it. There are two doors. Two rafts stand on both sides. Those rafts are the only ones with the keys to the doors. Two teams come out. In two-minute intervals, one goes in from one team, one goes in from another. In two-minute intervals, another member from each team enters. The match does not start until every member of each team is in the ring. The two teams, as you guys know, consist of the pentacle and inner circle. That's how it goes. It does not start until every team member is in the ring. You can tap somebody out. doesn't count. Until every member of each team is in the ring. The doors close. The match starts. Basically, it's either you surrender, you tap out, or you get took out. That's how it goes. That's how it works. This match is going to be brutal because anything goes. Tables can be brought in. Bats, chairs, fire extinguishers, tacks, anything can be brought into this match. Anything goes. Like I said, there are two refs that have the keys to the door. You cannot enter unless you have a key to those doors. There's no way to get in. Tully Blanchard has to stand outside and watch his boys, FTR, MJF, Wardlow, and Sean Spears go against Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz, Jake Hager, Chris Jericho. He has to watch this. Unfortunately, he has to watch this all go down because he's not in the match. First one to enter the match, of course, is Sammy Guevara and Dax Hardwell. They're the first ones to enter. You got a two-minute break between for these two to basically slug it out against each other before you get another member jump in. Sammy and Dax beating the heck out of each other, guys. If you want to go watch this match, go on social media and type up this match because I'm telling you, this was a brutal, brutal, bloody, I'm not kidding you guys, bloody match. Blood and guts. Henceforth the name. Sammy and Dax beat the heck out of each other. And we ain't even starving. We ain't just getting started, guys. It gets nasty. But they're beating the heck out of each other. Sammy Guevara proving once again the Spanish God has got what he's got. He's good. He's fantastic. Props to Sammy. Love him. Great. So then, secondly, here comes because Inner Circle did not get the advantage. There's an advantage set up for this match. One team gets the advantage, which means they get to have a team member enter, which will give them two against one. And, of course, Pentacle won it, so Sean Spears comes in third. They're beating the heck out of poor Sammy Guevara, but Sammy Guevara's coming right back at him. I'm telling you, Sammy, Sammy, did, Sammy fantastic. He proved that he belonged in there first. He proved just how good he is. Sammy beats the heck out of him. It's a, it's a grueling match. So then, you got that two-minute interval again. The two minutes are up. Enters Ortiz. I gotta love Ortiz. He, ew, Santana and Ortiz, I love them. They are a fantastic tag team. Separate together, they're great. They're beating the heck out of poor Sean Spears and Dax. There's just no chance. I mean, it's an even playing field now. Beating the heck out of him. Excited to see this. 
Santana and Ortiz have their war paint on. I love it. I mean, the war paint is on. They're ready to go. They're beating a day. I mean, Ortiz, fantastic. The other two-minute interval enters Cash Wheeler. Now you've got F, both members of FTR in there. This could be a problem because Ortiz is by himself. He doesn't have Santana. Not a problem. Santana and you know Ortiz and Sammy dominating at this point. They are dominating. Inner Circle is proving that they are the premier faction. That they are AEW's faction. They're beating the daylights out. Dax can barely stand. His knee is so bad he can barely stand. I'm surprised the boy can even finish the match because he's hobbling on one leg. His leg has to be injured. You're going into steel. You're going. You're getting hit with things. You're running into you know, the cage, you're getting thrown all over. The, you get tossed between two rings. It's not a pretty sight. Two-minute interval. Here comes Santana. Now we've got an even tag team playing field because now we have Santana and Ortiz and we have FTR. A little bit fair. Not really fair for Sean Spears and them because you got one up on you. Good fight there. Really good fight. Woo-hoo-hoo. Getting excited. It's getting good. It's getting good. Two minutes later, who do you get? Wardlow. Who did not see Wardlow coming in next? Who didn't see this? I knew this was going to happen. For those of you who have not seen Wardlow, this guy is tall. He is a beast of a man. He is tall. I mean, brute of a man. And he comes in just slinging these guys around like they're rag dolls. He is dangerous. Lethal fists, lethal feet. I mean, he plows into you. You're going to feel like you got hit by a semi. He's so big. It's It's nasty. Two minutes later, yay, Jake Hager. Now the field is even. Because guess what? Hager is another brute of a man. And he can take on, and we've been waiting for him and Wardlow to go at it. And he can go head to head with Wardlow. And does he ever. It is nasty. It is brutal. It is just, Wardlow doesn't see it coming. Cash Wheeler and them don't see it coming. I mean, Inner Circle's just beating the heck out of them. Two minute interval. Here comes, I'm better than you, and you know it, Mr. MJF. Props to MJF. He's a great wrestler. He's a great in-ring performer. Great on the mic. Killer promos. Not realizing he just got himself into something he should never have gotten himself into. A blood and guts match. What were you thinking? MJ stood no chance. He got in that ring and it was just free for all. They were on him. He just was not prepared for this. And part of me felt bad for MJ because MJ is so good. I felt bad for him, but I'm kind of part of me sitting back going, yeah, 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 you deserve this. You really deserve the beating you're getting. What I was waiting for was the final competitor. The final competitor deserved a shot to beat the daylights out of MJ to where MJ couldn't stand. It was well deserved. Two minutes later, here comes the GOAT, Chris Jericho. Here we go. Doors closed. Match is on. Here we are. This match went crazy. It was brutal. MJ's beating, bleeding profusely. There's bats being used. Tables being used. Anything they can get their hands on, they're doing. Inner Circle is really rocking the heck out of the pentacle. I'm excited. Finally, we're going to finally see Inner Circle finally put the pentacle in their place. It's about time. What does Telly do? Now, remember what I told you guys. There's two refs. One on each side of the cage with keys to the door. They're the only ones with the keys. 
remember I told you guys Tully Blanchard was outside. Tully Blanchard has actually been in a blood and guts match. He knows what it's all about. He knows how dangerous he can get. He knows you can get severely hurt in these matches. What does Tully do? Take the keys from one of the refs and unlock the door. Who slips out the door other than MJF? You can't win by slipping out the door. Your feet can't touch the floor and ah, you automatically win. That's not how this works. I told you guys. It's either you tap out, you surrender, or you get put out. That's the only way you're going to win. What does MJ do? He starts climbing the cage. Oh no, this is dangerous. When you climb a cage, you're either going to... I mean, anybody who's seen a classic cage match knows. I mean, we've seen some with Undertaker. We've seen some with some, you know, Mick Foley. You're going to fall through the top of that cage. That's the fear everyone has, or you're going to fall off of it. It's a dangerous situation when you climb a cage. MJ's bleeding bad and climbs the cage. Who goes after him? Chris Jericho. Oh no, now they're both climbing the cage. Oh, this is disastrous. This is a disaster waiting to happen. Meanwhile, down in the bottom, you've got a free-for-all going on between the inner circle and the pentacle beating the heck out of each other. It's just an all-out free-for-all. Refs running back and forth trying to see if somebody taps out or if somebody surrenders. What are you going to get me? Anything can happen. Jericho and MJF are all the way to the top. Even the commentary, JR, Excalibur, and... Tony Schiavone are literally on edge. They're biting their nails. This is, this is a bad, scary situation when you put any wrestler of any caliber, whether you're new or you're old, on the top of a cage. It does not end well for either you or both the wrestlers. It doesn't turn out well. Well, they're beating the heck out of each other up there. Back and forth. Back and forth, Jericho and MJF going at it. It's, it's, it's a classic fight up top. The whole time I'm sitting there thinking, oh, one of them's about to go over. Somebody's going to fall. The cage is going to collapse. Something bad is going to happen. This doesn't look good. What does MJ do? Pulls a rabbit out of his hat. He knows what he's got. He knows what he has to do. He knows how to play on inner circles, heartstrings. He grabs Jericho, takes him over to the edge of the cage, now, guys, this cage is high. It's way up high. I mean, it's extremely high. And holds Jericho over the edge. Inner circle immediately panics. Sammy Guevara, all of them come out. Because this is dangerous. This is a dangerous situation when you get someone hanging off the edge of a cage. Literally hanging over a metal ramp right below you. The entrance ramp to the, or to the whole thing. And you've got somebody that high up hanging off the side. MJF tells them, either surrender or I'm throwing him off. What do you, I mean, if you're a wrestler, if this is someone you work with 24-7, this is your best friend, this is someone you work with, what do you think you're going to do? The whole time, you can see Jericho basically tell him, no, don't give up, don't give up, don't surrender, blah, 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 blah. MJ tells him, I'm telling you, if you don't surrender, I'm going to throw him off. What do Sammy, Santana, Ortiz, and Hager, what can they do? There's not much they can do other than surrender. So the Pentacle wins the match. Okay, well then, everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. It's good. It's over. It's done. We're okay. Jericho's okay. MJ's won. Everything's good. It's gravy. The commentators calm down. The refs calm down. Everybody comes down, calms down. What does MJ do? The ultimate, ultimate heel move. He throws Jericho off the cage into that steel ramp below. Boom! He plummets through it. 
medical team comes out, Dean Malenko comes out, everybody comes out to help Jericho. Even FTR, the Pentacle, are all in shock that MJ just did this. They can't believe that MJ just did this. MJ had won. There was no reason to throw Jericho off, and he did it. Everybody is standing there in shock. Everybody in the arena. There's 15,000 people in the arena, granted, spaced out, social distance, in panic. Commentators in panic. I can only imagine TK in the back in panic. There was no need for MJ to do this, and he did it. MJ looks down at him and says what Jericho told him he wanted to hear him say. Thank you. It ends with MJ standing up on the top just doing the ultimate heel move and throwing Jericho off the top. Putting Pentacle at the top of the AEW faction division. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if, Jer- you know if Jericho's taking time off. I don't know. This could escalate into something even worse. But like I told you guys, this was a grueling match. This was a dangerous match. You don't know what's going to happen in a blood and guts match. If you've not seen it, go look it up. Go look up some old ones with Tully Blanchard in them. It's not a pleasant sight. And this was just mind-blowing. This was mind-blowing. I'm literally sitting here right now talking to you guys thinking, why MJF? Why? Why did you do this? You had won. There was no need to do what you did. Don't know where they're going with this. Interested to see where they're going to go. Interested to see where this is all going to how this is all going to boil down. It It's an interesting, it's an interesting take. It's an interesting thing. So, I don't know. We're going to see what happens. I mean, anything can happen in AEW. Anything. It's, it's, anything's possible. Now moving on to Impact for 5-6. Impact World Wrestling, I've told you guys, and I'm going to tell you guys this again. If you can't watch it on ASX TV, go look it up on social media. They've got some of the best matches and some of the best competitors around. You can get some of the best matches you could ever see off Impact. And I'm not saying this just because... I can't. I'm saying this because I didn't watch Impact in the beginning. I've started watching it. I just started watching it recently. I'm not going to lie. I have. And it's incredible. It's incredible. I've got to give Impact credit where credit's due. Scott DeMore, shout out to you. Don Callis, shout out to you. You guys have done a fantastic job in this promotion. It's it's incredible promotion. With that being said, Impact does have a pay-per-view coming up on May 15th called Under Siege. This is a big pay-per-view for them because it's going to set the scale for Slammiversary which comes up next. That's the that's Impact's Wrestlemania. For those of you who have not watched Impact Slammiversary is its own Wrestlemania. It's the big match, big pay-per-view for Impact. So you got to have a good pay-per-view before it to set up the storyline to get it ready for Slammiversary. That being said, I told you guys there's qualifying matches going on to determine six men who will face each other in a six-man match to determine the number one contender for Kenny Omega's Impact title. We've already seen some of the qualifiers last week. Well, Impact started out with another Under Siege qualifying match. It was Chris Sabian, James Storm come out with him, versus Rhino with Violet by Design coming out with him. Rhino, everyone... Anyone who's a w, anyone who is a wrestling fan knows Rhino. We know how brutal Rhino can be. Rhino was fantastic. If you haven't seen Chris Sabian 
and James Storm, you need to go check these guys out. They are fantastic together. They are fantastic separate. I have to give props where props is due to both those boys. They are great. They are great as a tag team, and they are great as a separate opponent, separate people. Fantastic group, fantastic group. This match was a killer, stellar match. Back and forth, weren't sure exactly who was going to win. Didn't know if James Storm was going to get involved in it. Definitely didn't know if Violet by Design was going to get involved. You weren't quite sure. Remember, guys, this is a qualifying match. Just to determine who's going to go to Under Siege to face the other men to possibly get a shot at Kenny's title. Who wins this one? Chris Sabian. Kudos to Chris Sabian for defeating Rhino. It was a clean match. It was a fair match. Violet, by design, did not get involved, and neither did James Storm. I'm proud of you guys for not getting involved and letting these guys have a fair and clean match. It was a great match. Props to Chris Sabian. Hope that he gets, you know, gets the shot at the you know, Impact title. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in this in this match. This, you know, on at Under Siege, I'm looking forward to it. Brian Myers. I love Brian Myers. I love everything about it. Him and Matt Cardona's little feud that's been going on for a while has been a very interesting feud. And of course, him and Matt Cardona's feud culminated last week in a qualifying match to determine who was going to be involved in that six-man match at Under Siege. Matt Cardona did win that match. Heartbreaking for Brian Myers because Brian Myers is so good. He is so good, guys. I will say it and say it again. He's good. He's really good. But he's very upset that he lost that match. And he's wanting another opportunity to get to be in the match at Under Siege. He's very upset at the way Matt won. Guys, Matt did kind of sort of do a heel cheat when he won last week. So I get where Brian is coming from. I get it completely, and I feel sorry for him. And I really think that Scott Demore really does need to give Brian another shot. But then again, I'm not Scott Demore. I don't know how, how, how he would handle that. He's very upset. Who does he run into? Oh, 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 who does he run into but our little dark beloved doll, Rosemary. For those of you who have not seen Rosemary, you need to go check this girl out. She is twisted. She makes Alexa Bliss look like child's play. She is a twisted, twisted, twisted woman. Wicked as they come and bad, bad, bad to the bone. She basically offers a little insight to Brian Myers on his plight. She plays with the tarot cards. Everyone knows about that, so she plays with them. She kind of reminds me, uh, well, Scarlet kind of reminds me of her a little bit, but Rosemary, Scarlet, I'm sorry, Scarlet, you're not Rosemary. Rosemary is twisted. If you guys have not seen her, I told you to go look at her. She is a twisted, twisted woman. Well, while he's busy paying attention to the pie, to the to what she's telling him about his plight, who hits him from behind? But Black Taurus. Who did not see Black Taurus showing up? Him and Havoc and them run with Rosemary and they run hog wild through Impact. Who did not see that coming? So do I see Brian Myers facing Black Taurus? Oh, yes I do. He made a statement and he made a big one. Rosemary giggles her little giggle and walks off of Black Taurus. Yeah. There's a match coming, and it's going to be a nasty one, and it's not going to be pretty, and I'm expecting Brian not to be happy that he got bested by Rosemary and Black Taurus. I just don't see it happening. I don't see him being happy. 
Kenny has a session with the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers have been having a hard time in Impact. They've had loss after loss after loss. Their biggest loss was their Impact Tag Team titles. They lost them at the last pay-per-view against two other than the Forbidden Doors on New Japan's Finn Juice. Juice Robinson and David Finley. They have lost the title, so they actually got a rematch after the pay-per-view against Finn Juice, and what did they do? They lost them again. They didn't win. They just can't seem to get past Juice Robinson and David Finley. David Finley at his best right now. He is at his best right now. Juice Robinson, always at his best. So, Good Brothers aren't happy that they're not exactly winning. So, they go to Don Callis, and they tell Don Callis how they feel about it. Don Callis calls Kenny Omega in, and Kenny turns into Teacher Kenny. Let me teach you about how you guys can win and how you guys can get one up on Finn Juice and may possibly get your titles back. Because Finn Juice, being from New Japan, when they win those titles, they take those titles, the Impact titles, back to New Japan. Nasty, nasty, nasty situation. Good brothers may not see him for weeks, may not see him for months, because, of course, they do have obligations in New Japan, and they're going to go back there when they're needed. He basically tells them that he used to be a coach for an all-girls basketball team. Kenny does. And tells them that he's going to coach Doc Gallows on how to beat Juice Robinson tonight. And help him get the 101 on how to win a match. And possibly help him be able to get their tag titles back against Finn Juice. Again, Don riding on Kenny's coattails. He's even riding on his coattails and impact, and it's really starting to bug me. It's bugging me in the worst way. It's rubbing me the wrong way. I'm just having a real problem with it. Can't seem to leave Kenny alone and let Kenny do what Kenny do. Next match, I told you guys I'm very big on women's matches, and of course we had Susan. Susan came out with Kimberly. Susan and Kimberly work with Diana Parazzi. They kind of have their own little faction together. So, I was expecting Deanna Parazzi to come out too. The Virtuosa. She did not come out. Susan faced Taylor Wilde. Taylor Wilde came out on her own. Taylor came back to impact from an injury last week. And dominated Kimberly. Taylor's trying to prove a point. That she deserves a shot at the Virtuosa Deanna Parazzi for the Knockout Women's Championship. She is trying to prove this point, and she's trying to prove it in the best way by facing whoever Deanna throws at her. Enter Susan. Susan is a great wrestler. She really is. She's better as a manager, but she can wrestle. She's good at it. Can she beat Taylor? Not quite sure. Taylor had the odds stacked against her because, of course, you get Kimberly out there with her. Kimberly is all about cheating. Any way that girl can cheat, she'll cheat. So, Taylor had the odds stacked against her. Well, Someone in the back quite didn't like the way those odds were stacking up. And she didn't think that Taylor needed to be alone. So she came out and made sure Taylor had some backup. Taylor didn't ask for it. Taylor didn't want it, but I think it was a good idea. And I'm talking about, we saw Caleb and Tennille Dashwood come out. Because Tennille doesn't like Susan. She doesn't like Kimber. She definitely don't like Deanna Parazzi. So, she kind of didn't like the unfair advantage against Taylor. So, she comes out with her boy, Caleb, to try to even the odds. To make it kind of fair so Taylor has a better shot at against Susan. Of course, Kimber did try to cheat. As always, told you guys, I knew she would. Tennille makes sure she doesn't. 
Tennille Dashwood and Caleb beat the living daylights out of Kimber, taking her out of the equation, opening the door for Taylor to beat Susan. And Taylor does just that. She beats Susan. Basically proving to Deanna Parazzi, it doesn't matter what you throw at me, I'm coming for that knockout title, whether you want me to or not. Throw whatever you want, I'm coming. And now she realizes she may not be coming alone. She may be becoming with Tennille Dashwood and Caleb. I like this setup. I like the way it's going. Tennille deserves a shot at a title. I have said this a thousand times. Tennille deserves a shot at the title, and she does. But to put her with Taylor is a great idea because it gives Taylor a chance to shine and it gives Tennille a chance to get one up on Diana Parazzi who seems to think that she's better than Tennille. She, seemed, she said it. She said it a hundred times and Tennille's like, I'm going to prove you wrong, sister. I'm going to show you that I'm better than you and I'm going to stick with my friend Taylor here to prove it. Kudos, girl. Kudos. After the match, Deanna Parazzi, knockout champion, is asked why she didn't come out and help Kimber and Susan. Deanna basically says, I told you guys, Kimber and Susan need to prove to me that they belong in my faction. They need to prove to me that they are on my level. They need to prove to me that they can do what they say they're going to do. And no matter what happens, I'm going to throw anything I can at Taylor. And if Tennille gets in my way, I'm going to throw things at Tennille and Caleb that they aren't going to be expecting. Killer promo by the Virtuosa. Killer promo. Loved it. Killer promo. What she wasn't expecting is while she was talking, Gina gets shoved away by none other than our resident wicked little doll, Rosemary. Rosemary has a big problem with little Deanna Parazzi. She said it. She's made it perfectly clear. She doesn't like it. And she basically makes it clear. Deanna thinks, okay, I've got this. Rosemary standing in front of me. I can handle Rosemary. Black Taurus, I can handle you. What she wasn't expecting is when she looks behind her, Rosemary's buddy, Havoc, is standing behind her. Now she's surrounded. Now what is she supposed to do? She's got nowhere to go. She's got nothing she can do. So Deanna pulls a rabbit out of her hat. Yet again, the virtuosa comes up with something else. Another person to jump through my hoop. Do what I want you to do. Here's a little hoop. Jump through a doggy jump. She basically tells both of them, you're cowards. You are absolutely a coward because both of you have to step up to me. Not one of you can step up to me. Both of you have to step up to me. First of all, I've never known Havoc to be a coward. Havoc comes in, beats your butt, and walks back out. As for Rosemary, Rosemary is no coward. Rosemary is a wicked, wicked girl, and you don't want to deal with Rosemary. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, contraire, you should never have called her a coward. Stupid move. She tells him, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to go talk to Scott Demore right now. You're going to jump through my hoop for me, girls. You're going to jump through my hoop. You are going to face each other. Havoc versus Rosemary. And the winner of that match will get to face me for the title. Pitting two, uh, two girls who are best friends against each other to determine who's going to face Deanna for the title. Cute and slick move there. Pit, your pit the two best friends against each other. Slick move there, Deanna. I see what you're up to. You cooking with gas. I know what you're doing. Jump through the hoop for me, baby. Jump. That's what you're doing. 
We get another Under Siege qualifying match for the six-man match at Under Siege. This time, it's Raju versus Trey Miguel. Raju doesn't come alone. He never comes alone. He always brings Cherie with him. Cherie is a big, 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 big boy. If you guys have not seen Cherie, you need to go look at him. This guy is a He's like Wardlow. He is a monster of a man. And when he comes out with Raju, it's, a, it's trouble. Trouble is brewing. The pot is stirring. Trey Miguel, he's X-Division. X-Division, you know, he's best friends with TJP. He's part of TJP's little bunch. Trey's kind of feeling out, not, you know, him and TJP used to be, you know, X-Division tag team champions. They kind of split off on their own, and Trey's trying to feel out, you know, being a singles competitor. Trey Miguel, I've watched a couple of his matches. Fantastic. He's great. Without TJP, he shines. With TJP, he really shines. So to get to see him step away from TJ and step away from, you know, the little faction that TJ has and get to do something singly is fantastic. The best part is the fact that he gets to be in a qualifying match against Raju to, to possibly get to get a shot at the Impact title. Huge! Huge! It's huge for both competitors. Great match, fantastic match. They basically showcased what they could do. They both did great. The match was a grueling, grueling match. Raju, you thought he had it. Trey, you thought he had it. It was a back and forth match. Huge. Of course, yay! Trey Miguel wins this match. Woohoo! Trey gets to move on. Yay! Props to Trey. I'm happy to see him win this. I'm happy. He's another one I would love to see possibly face Kenny Omega. I think he'd be a good match. I think it'd be a great match between the two of them. Looking forward to seeing what Trey can do. Trey advances. After the match is done, Jake something, that's what he's called, Jake something, comes out and attacks Raju and Cherie, leaving them both laid out in the middle of the ring. The reason why he did this is because last week Raju and Sheree attacked Jake something costing him his qualifying match who didn't see this coming who did not see this coming you cost somebody a match you're gonna get don't you're gonna get it you're gonna get it it's coming it's expected so he laid them both out interesting to see this looks like we might have another match set up between Jake something and Raju or Sheree. Interesting. Of course, we of course have the promo in the back. We have a casino set up in the back with the winners of the qualifying matches so far playing poker and talking about who's the better wrestler, who could actually win the six-man match at Under Siege, who could beat Kenny Omega. They're going back and forth at who's better. I'm better than Kenny. No, I'm better than Kenny. You know, you got all these guys talking, but you've got one back there that's not really had his qualifying match yet, and I'm talking about James Storm. Storm and Miguel and a couple of the others kind of get into a huge fight over who is better. It's an interesting little promo. It's an interesting little quarrel. It could set up some interesting feuds between these six, you know, these, these competitors. It's an interesting little feud. James gets so mad that he storms off and tells him he's got moose. Just sit back and watch the sparks fly. 
I'm interested because I love James Storm. I've told you guys this at the beginning of this podcast involving them that I love Storm. So to see Storm do this, I'm interested. It's got my curiosity peaked. Some of you may disagree. And I'm all for you guys disagreeing. So please, you know, give me a shout out and tell me. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you think James Storm isn't all that great. But I think he's a fantastic wrestler. He's fantastic. I really do. Then we get our match that I was talking about. Doc Gallows versus Juice Robinson. Doc doesn't come out alone. He comes out with Carl Anderson, Don Callis, and Kenny Omega. This is a setup waiting to happen. Oh my gosh, this is a setup waiting to happen. This is dangerous. This is a dangerous... This is, does not look good for Finn Juice. Doesn't look good for Juice Robinson at all. Of course, Juice Robinson comes out, but he doesn't come out alone. He comes out with his tag team partner and his one half of the tag team champions, David Finley. This match is nasty. This match is downright nasty because Juice did not stand a chance from the beginning. It, 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 it You don't you don't stand a chance when you've got that many players out there at one time. It, it it wasn't fair to Juice. It wasn't fair to Doc. It wasn't fair. I mean, it just was an unfair advantage. And it, it escalates. Oh, it implodes to Doc Gallows, of course, winning that match. But he won by cheating, of course. Kenny doing what Kenny does. Don doing what he does. Carl doing what he does. Cheating. Well, that didn't settle well with David Finley. And David Finley comes in to defend Juice and starts... I mean, David's doing a damn good job. He's taking them all out. David's even all, even got Kenny on the ropes. I couldn't believe David Finley. He's blowing my mind. He's beating the daylights out of... I mean, the daylights out of Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. David Finley. Did not see this coming. It was incredible. It was good. It was a great little attack feud. But then the numbers game, of course, gets the better of you. And David Finley and Finn, you know, Juice Robinson are getting the daylight spit out of them. That don't settle well with someone in the back. No, 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 no. That don't settle with someone in the back. Who comes out but Eddie Edwards? Eddie Edwards is also another member with TJP's faction. Eddie comes out and him and David Finley start wailing on the Good Brothers and Kenny. They're wailing on him. Meanwhile, poor Juice Robinson's laid out on the on the floor. Eddie and David are beating the heck out of you know Gallows, Anderson, Kenny, Finney, Finley is running the circles around Kenny. It's getting good again. The numbers game gets the better of them. All three of them are getting the daylights beat out of them by the elite. The whole time in the background, you heard Dawn praising them, telling David Finley and Juice Robinson and Eddie Edwards how terrible they are. They're bad. They did that. You know, Finn Juice doesn't deserve the titles. Blah, blah, blah. Really? Dawn, Finn Juice doesn't deserve the titles? David freaking Finley just beat the daylights out of the Impact Champion. Not once, not twice, but three freaking times. How can you say for a second that Finn Juice doesn't deserve the title when David freaking Finley just beat Kenny Omega. Just beat the daylights out of him. The only reason why David didn't get the upper hand is the numbers game. Ugh, I can't believe you would even say that. Finn Juice deserves these titles. David Finley has proven it. Juice Robinson has proved it. You have proved nothing. The only thing you've proved is that you're good at cheating. That's what you've proved. That's all you've proved. That's all. 
that segment ends. It's a terrible. I mean, the ending. Oh my gosh, the ending was explosive, explosive. If you've not seen it, go look it up. I'm telling you right now. If you are a New Japan fan, go watch David Finley. It is incredible. I cannot believe David Finley actually had one up on Kenny Omega. I'm blown. I'm blown. It's incredible. I told you guys Forbidden Door was going to happen tonight on Impact. Oh, did it ever. Here comes our Forbidden Door getting kicked open and getting kicked open in a big way. I told you guys that a member of Bullet Club was arriving from New Japan to Impact tonight. And who else would arrive than El Fantasmo? If you've not seen El Fantasmo of the Bullet Club, go look him up. As a singles competitor and as a tag team competitor, mind freaking blowing. This is a serious threat to Impact. Not just to the X Division division, but also to the Impact champion. This is dangerous water you're going into. When you bring El Fantasmo, it can't be good. The ending is not looking good for anybody in Impact. He arrives and gets to face VSK from AEW. Yay! Another Forbidden Door kicked open with VSK coming from AEW. If you've not seen VSK, go look this guy up. He's fantastic. He's great. Oh, he's good. Not as good as El Fantasmo, but good. This is a good match. This is a fantastic match. This match was a a great debut match for El Fantasma. Great, great match. Fantastic match. Really, really excited. Great match. Of course, El Fantasma did win it. Who didn't see that coming? You're not going to let somebody come from the Forbidden Door, and especially someone from the Bullet Club, come and not win. It's just, it's, it's unfathomable. After the match, VS, VSK, and then we're kind of, you know, VSK walks off. And Scott Demore comes out and tells El Fantasmo, welcomes El Fantasmo to Impact. Welcomes him to Impact. Happy to have him there. Excited to see what he's going to bring to the division. Very happy to see him there. He finds out that because of this win tonight, very first win, very first one, guys, remember, very first win, that he will get a shot at what is called a match. It's called an X Division Scramble Match. The winner of that match will get to face the X Division champion, Josh Alexander, for his title. El Fantasmo has been added to the match. He will face Ace Austin, Petey Williams, TJP, Rajul, and Ace Romero. I told you guys, El Fantasmo getting a chance. Could you imagine him winning this whole match and getting a shot at the X Division title? He gets that X Division title. We all know where it's going to go. Back over to New Japan. And not only will he have the X Division title, but he'll be sitting over there with the X Division title in Bullet Club and tag team titles in Bullet Club in New Japan. Double champ. Double champ. I'm looking at a double champ here. Could this happen? Ooh, exciting, exciting. Thank you, Scott DeMore. I'm excited about this. The thing that I'm telling you guys is, is the reason why this is a dangerous waters for a, for Impact, for AEW, for anybody, is the fact that when one Bullet Club mem- member shows up, the others are not far behind. You don't have one without the others. 
Kenny Omega, I told you guys, has been running his mouth claiming that he is the Bullet Club, that the elite are the top, that they are the best. There is no one else better than them. You might have ran your mouth a little too much because now El Fantasmo is in impact. Not only is he in impact, but he can jump across the water over here to AEW, Kenny's other little territory, and he may not come alone. That you, you, if you know the Bullet Club, they don't ever come alone. They come together. They travel in pairs. They travel as a team. So El Fantasma walking through the door. We all know what's coming. We all know because Kenny has ran his mouth and he may have pulled off more than he can chew by running his mouth. The henchman is now here. When the henchman's here. The king is coming for you. There is no ands, if buts. The king is coming for you. And the king, of course, is Switchblade Jay White. It's inevitable. You have ran your mouth too much. And now Switchblade has sent his henchman, El Fantasmo, to make a point. To make a statement. Run your mouth one more time, boy. And I'm coming for the king. I'm coming for you and I ain't playing. It's happening. It's going to happen. Don't know when, but this is the start. This is the start. One Bullet Club member comes. Remember guys, they all come. There ain't no just one. It's all of them. And Jay White doesn't just surround himself with just certain people. Oh no, 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 no. These guys are brutal. They are brutal. You don't want to play with Jay White and the Bullet Club. They're not nice guys, and they're not something you want to play with. So I'm telling you, this could get deadly. This could get ugly. Now we move on to Kira Hogan. Of course, she comes out with Tasha Steele, Fire and Flare. And then we have Ray Virtuing Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace. Jordan Grace and Rachel now are the current knockout tag team champions they beat fire and flare at the last pay-per-view rebellion to win the titles well fire and flare don't seem to think that they deserve those titles so they've been running their mouth typical fire and flare run their mouth and they think that the only reason why they won was because rachel was the bet was the one who won that match not jordan uh i watched the match I think Jordan did her did, did just as good as Rachel did. I think Jordan deserves props where props is due. Grace was fantastic. I don't know where you're getting this fire and flare, but apparently you don't know when to shut your mouth. And of course, of course, Rachel proves the point. She beats Kara Hogan. Fire and flare, you don't deserve a title. Shut your mouth. Sit down. Be quiet. Let someone else do your battles. Of course, they run their mouth later. And, of course, they basically, again, say that Grace doesn't deserve to have that title. She didn't win it fairly. Rachel, you know, was the whole holdup. So, next week, <laughs> Rachel gets to, or Grace gets to prove her point. Grace gets to face Tasha, a fire and flare, to prove a point. We all know what's going to happen. Tasha's going to get her butt whooped. There ain't no questions there. I've seen what Jordan, Grace, and Rachel can do. Those girls won those tag team titles fair and square. There was no ands, but that was a clear win, a clear clean cut match. Sorry, baby. You lost. Sit down. Be quiet. Go to the back of the line. Wait your turn. 
Don Cows, basically, I told you guys what I felt about Callus. He tries to get Moose to basically get on his side so that he can beat James Storm and tell Moose, basically, you don't need to face Kenny Omega. You're not at Kenny Omega's level. You don't need Kenny Omega. You know, Kenny Omega needs you. Don is scared of Moose because Don knows Moose is the biggest threat to Kenny Omega's title. Moose, if you guys have not seen him, he used to be the former TNA champion. This boy is brutal. When he gets into a match with you, you all bets are off. You are not going to be able to get past him. It's just, it's inevitable. It's very, I mean, Swan barely got past him when he faced him to unify the titles. He barely squeaked by. I can only imagine what Don is thinking right now, seeing Moose possibly being in his Ren Kenny's review mirror, that is scary. That is a scary, scary thing to think. And I understand that Don was trying what Don was trying to do, but Don, that's stupid. You know dang well Moose is not going to side with you. Moose does not like Kenny. He doesn't like anything that the elite is about. He wants nothing to do with you. And with that being said, he basically, Moose looks at him and goes, just sit back tonight and watch the match. Just sit back and watch. I'm going to show you exactly what I'm going to do to your champion when I beat James Storm tonight. I'm going to show you. I'm going to set an example. Make an example out of him. Impact main event. Under Siege qualifying match. Moose versus James Storm. Oh my gosh. This match was a nasty, nasty match. I mean, James Storm, I told you guys he's good. Moose is brutal. And Moose proved just how brutal he can be. He is deadly. He's nasty. And Moose whooped whooped James's butt. I mean, whooped it. It was ugly. It was not pretty. It was, I mean, this is prime example of what I'm saying. Moose is a problem. He is a serious problem for Kenny. He is a serious threat to that title because Moose doesn't, he's deadly. He's dangerous. He's, he's nothing to play with. Moose, of course, like I said, one, after the match, he takes a chair, wraps it around James Storm's ankle because James Storm has been having an issue with his right knee and his right ankle. His leg in the match kept giving him trouble. He was having a hard time standing on it. It kept trying to give out on him. Moose decides to add insult to the injury and takes a chair, wraps it around Storm's ankle, and stomps on it repetitively, looking at the camera while he's doing it and mouthing, This is your fate, Kenny. This is your fate, Kenny. Stomping that chair repetitively, basically crushing Jackson Jackson Storm's ankle crushing it repetitively repeating the same thing over and over to Kenny Omega making sure Kenny knows what awaits him if Moose wins this match at Under Siege Kenny you've got a serious serious problem serious problem because if Moose wins this it's over. You can kiss that wonderful Todd title you're holding in your hands. Bye-bye. You can kiss it goodbye. You will only be AAA champion and AEW champion if Moose gets to you. It's not going to be pretty. And it's not going to be good for Impact because Moose will dominate Impact. There will be no getting that title off of him if he gets it. Dangerous game. Dangerous game. Dawn, you're playing. You don't realize exactly how dangerous Moose is, but you're about to find out. 
I'm interested to see where Under Siege is going to go. I'm interested to see if Moose can pull this off. If he does, Slammiversary is going to be nasty. Because Kenny Omega is going to be up against someone he's never faced before. And somebody I don't think Kenny Omega can handle. I just... I, I, Kenny is good. I will give him credit where credit is due. But I don't think Kenny can defeat can defeat Moose. I don't see it happening. I just don't. It, it, it does not look good for Kenny. Alright guys. Thanks for listening again. I appreciate you guys. Without you guys, like I told you, there would be no In the Ring with Brandy. And I'm grateful for you guys every single time y'all listen. I am very grateful for it. Remember, follow me on social media at Facebook. You know, give me a shout out at Facebook or give me a shout out at my Twitter at Wrestling Nights. Nights ending with a Z. Give me a shout out there. If you can't get there, go to Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. I'm always up to hearing y'all's opinions. I love to hear them. Like I said, without you guys, there would be no In the Ring with Brandy. Guys, I'm letting you know right now, I drop new episodes every Sunday night. So please, please continue to listen, continue to support, and continue being there for me, and continue giving me your opinions, because I value them very much. And I'll see you next time, next time with more wrestling action. Have a good night, guys.